Are you ready to dig into God's word together today? All right, let's just open our hearts together. And let's just, in our own words, in our own way, just ask God to speak to us today, okay? Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. God, we open our hearts wide to you. Father, we're here to meet with you. We're here to receive from you. So, Father, right now we just lay aside all distractions. We lay aside the, the cares of life, the pressures of the day. God, we give all that to you. Right now we fix our focus on you. And, God, we ask that you would speak to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. As you know, in this season of Bridge Women, we're talking about the fact that God created us to be bridges, to bridge gaps, to be that bridge that will extend love to those outside our comfort zones, that will extend love to those who are different than we are. God wants us to be women who will be willing to rise up and be bridges to create unity within the body of Christ. And over the last couple of weeks, we have been laying that foundation of unity as we go forward in this season. And we're going to be talking so much more about that. And we're going to continue in that theme today. And we saw in the last couple of weeks how much unity matters to the heart of God. Unity is so very, very important to the heart of God. Jesus actually prayed for our unity in John chapter 17. He prayed that all who would come to believe in him, that's us. He prayed for you, he prayed for me. He prayed that all of us would be so united, living in complete unity, just as he and the Father are one. He prayed for our unity. And then in his prayer, he went on to say why this was so important. He said, because when we are united, then we will reveal him to the world around us. There is so much division in the world around us, but when the body of Christ can be united and truly one and look so different from the world, we will reveal God to the world and they will look on and say, I want what they've got. They will be drawn to God. That is his heart. That is his desire. That's his plan and his purpose for all of us. So when we unite, we're fulfilling the purposes of God. But we also saw that when we unite, we open the door to God's blessings because Psalm 133 says that where there is unity, the Lord commands his blessings. So unity is so important. Unity fulfills God's purposes and unity brings about God's blessings. So we know that if it is the desire and the goal of God that his body on the earth today would unite so that he can be seen, then we know that it is the enemy's goal to divide and to prevent that from happening, right? Obviously. But you know what? God won't force us to unite. He wants our willingness and our cooperation. It's up to us. And similarly, the enemy wants our cooperation. Sometimes we cooperate with him way too easily. 
we cooperate with him and we allow him to prevent us from uniting, to prevent us from fulfilling God's purposes when we withdraw, when we isolate from other believers, when we put up our walls to keep others out, when we pick up offenses, when we become bound up in insecurities, when we get caught up in comparing and criticizing, when we hold on to grudges. There are so many ways that the enemy tries to bring division. And very often, we too easily cooperate with him in that. We've got to be aware of his tactics because he will try to bring division in every way that he can, in our homes, in our marriages, and in our relationships within the body of Christ. And very often, as we talked about last week, his tactics begin with a lie. That little thought in our mind that is contrary to what God has said, contrary to the word of God. He did it with Eve in the garden, right? We talked about that last week and the progression that took place. His goal was to separate her from God. And it started with a lie that was contrary to what God had said. He did it with her, and he's going to do it with all of us. I shared with you last week lies that he tells me. The reason I shared that with you is because I want you to see that he lies to every single one of us. None of us are exempt from the lies of the enemy. The word of God tells us he's a liar and he's the father of lies. That's what he does. So we've just got to come to the place that we just know that and we expect that, but we recognize the lies and we refuse to believe the lies, right? Yes. We've got to get good at recognizing his lies, recognizing his tactics and taking authority over them, taking authority over our thoughts. Did you know that we have the ability to take authority over our thoughts and God wants us to take authority over our thoughts? And last week we talked about how to do that from 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5. If you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to listen to that podcast because God asks us. He doesn't do it for us. He asks us to take authority over our thoughts, to take those lies captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ. And we talked about how to do that last week. And then we concluded last week by just taking a moment to recognize the lies that we hear. Sometimes we have to stop and recognize them. Sometimes we're so used to them playing over and over in our minds that we just accept them. But we have to stop and recognize the lies that are playing over and over, the lies that we're listening to. So as we ended last week, we took that moment, those of you who were here know, to just recognize the lies that we hear and to capture them and to bring them before God. And we looked at Romans 12 verse 1 where it tells us to present ourselves as living sacrifices to God. And in our own ways, just where we were sitting, we just presented ourselves to God as that offering, giving to him the lies that we've been listening to and surrendering 
to him, just saying, here you go, God. I'm giving it all to you, and I'm ready to be transformed. I'm ready to allow my thoughts to be transformed by your word. You see, when we expose the lies, when we stop to recognize them and then bring them to God, even share them with others, which some of us did around the tables last week, when we expose the lies, we bring them into the light of God and we serve notice on the enemy that we are no longer going to listen to those lies. We're no longer going to let them play over and over in our minds. You see, it's really important that we recognize them because we'll never be able to cooperate with God and allow him to transform our minds until we're honest about what we're letting play over and over in our thoughts. We've got to recognize those things so we can give them to God and then we'll position ourselves to allow our minds to be transformed by the Word of God. So Romans 12:1, it talks about starting there. That's our starting point. Laying ourselves out before God as an offering to Him, giving Him our thoughts, our everything. And then we position ourselves for what it says in verse 2, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God doesn't wave a magic wand over our minds and automatically we're transformed. Our thoughts are transformed. No. But once we lay those old thoughts out to him, then we're positioned to start embracing the word, applying the word, replacing those lies with the word of God, which will transform our thinking. God wants us to be transformed by his word because that's when we'll become mature and then that's when we will truly unite together as his body and then the remainder of Romans chapter 12 it all talks about unity see it gives us this starting place in verse 1 then it tells us that he wants our minds to be transformed renewed by the Word of God and then that entire chapter continues on talking about unity so it's telling us this is why this is why it's so important that we give ourselves to God and allow him to do this transformation work in our minds so that we'll be able to mature and unite together and so I want us to look at the remainder of Romans chapter 12 today as we move forward and I want to encourage you to do something throughout this week. We don't normally give you homework, and it is optional, but I really do encourage you to do this. Throughout this week, read through Romans chapter 12. Read through it over and over in different translations, and let God speak to you about unity through this chapter. Today, I want us to look at a good portion of this chapter in the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible because it just says things in, in our language today, doesn't it? It is a paraphrase, just so we're all clear on that, but it just sheds some new light on things. Let's start in verse 4. It says, In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Okay, so stop. Let's think about that for a minute. 
If we knew everything there was to know about a finger, would it give us total insight and give us everything we need to know about the human body? No, it's not a trick question. Okay, <laughs> but if we study and know everything there is to know about the human body, would that give us great insight into a finger? Yes. Of course it would. And that's the way it works with us. See, sometimes we think life's all about us, but we're really part of something much bigger. So it continues on and says, the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Would we? No. In other words, life's not about us. It's not all about us. Say that. It's not all about me. We are part of something much bigger. Hate to break the news to you. <laughs> it's good news. And it continues. So, since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, look around you. You are surrounded by excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body. That's what each of us are. That's God's plan for us, that we would be marvelously functioning and we are all excellently formed by him. And since that's the case, it continues, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. And then it goes on to talk about different gifts that God gives. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. Hmm. If you teach, <laughs> stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. Hmm. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. The author definitely knows our human nature. <laughs> Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. In other words, prefer others. Put others first. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. You know, unity is like a fire that needs to be fueled, needs that flame fanned. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Huh. Think of new ways to be hospitable to those around us. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Hmm. See, we think if it's not coming out our mouth, we're doing so good. <laughs> They called us on it, okay? <laughs> no cursing under your breath. 
Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Amen. Are we willing to be women who rise up as that bridge who extends love to our enemies, who extends love to those who have hurt us, rather than hitting back, as it said, <laughs> extending love to those who have different giftings than we do, recognizing their value rather than comparing ourselves with them? You see, when we allow God to transform us by his word and by his spirit, we will recognize that we are all so incredibly valuable. We are all valuable parts of his body. And we'll start valuing each other differently. Our part isn't significant on our own. We are significant but because of what we are part of, because of who we belong to and what we are part of. We are significant because of each other. I am only significant because of you. We are significant together as the body of Christ. And when we link arms in love as sisters in his body, when we link arms in love and in honor and humility and walk confidently in our gifting and our calling, then we truly make up the body of Christ and we reveal God to the world around us. Chapters 13 and 14 in Romans that continue here after Romans 12, <laughs> they continue talking about unity about loving and valuing and respecting each other so that we come to that place of maturity in Christ that brings about true, deep unity. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, okay, this sounds like a tall order to fill. Loving my enemies, loving everyone around me, valuing them, always looking out for them, I'm so busy, I've got so much on my plate. Oh my goodness, can I do this? How do I do this? How do I really do this and walk in deeper unity like God is wanting me to walk? Well, I believe God gives us a really great example to follow in the Word. He gives us the example of some people who really walked in this kind of unity, and we're gonna learn from their lives today. In the book of Acts, we see the formation of the early church after Jesus ascended to heaven, just shortly after he prayed for our unity. And in the book of Acts, we see 
in Acts chapter 1 where the Holy Spirit fell upon them and then Peter boldly shared the gospel. Around 3,000 came to believe and were baptized. And then shortly after that, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then skip down to 46. It says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And then we see exactly that happening, more being added to the church. In Acts chapter 4, we see another 5,000 people coming to believe. And right after that, it tells us in Acts chapter 4 that those who believed were of one heart and one soul. All these people, one heart and one soul. That is exactly what Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17. Their lives were an answer to Jesus' prayer. I believe our lives can be an answer to Jesus' prayer as well. And we can learn some really valuable things from how they walked in this unity that we can apply to our lives to help us become that answer to his prayer. It says they continued steadfastly in three things. And I want us to look at those three things this morning. First of all, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, literally what that's talking about is the teaching, the teachings of Jesus, scriptural teaching. If we ever get to the place that we think we do not need the teaching of the Word of God, we have allowed pride to come in and we are deceiving ourselves. And if we think we don't need teaching, we are refusing to grow in God. I want to always be growing. As long as I am alive, living, and breathing, I want to always be growing in God. The teaching of the Word of God is vital to our uniting. Because as the body of Christ, we're uniting in Him. We're uniting around Him. And His Word reveals Him to us. His Word reveals His fullness, His nature, His heart, who He is. So we've got to realize that growing in the Word is what's going to transform us to help us mature and Unite. Gathering together for teaching of the Word of God is imperative to our uniting. It says they came together as the body of Christ to grow in the Word. It doesn't give us a picture of everybody running into their own homes and closing the door and saying, okay, I'm just going gonna, gonna to learn on my own. I'm going to do my own thing. No, they gathered together for teaching. Do you position yourself to receive regular teaching from the Word of God? Well, you do, of course, because you're here today. <laughs> Is it a regular habit in your life? So many of us would say, yes, I attend church, I come to women's gatherings, I go where the Word is being taught and we join together. But let me just take it a little step further. Are you engaged 
with the teaching? Because we all know that these little things up here, they can drift off so easily. <clears throat> and maybe you're just now like, huh, what? What's she saying? <laughs> Stop thinking about your grocery list for later. <laughs> you know how it is. Sometimes we can be present in body, but absent in mind. <laughs> When we gather together for the teaching of the word, we need to position ourselves to receive the word. I encourage you to take notes. Taking notes helps me absorb more of the word of God and really think about it and apply it to my life. It helps me to keep from being distracted too, just quite frankly. But anyways, <laughs> we need to do whatever we can do to engage with that teaching that we're not just sitting, letting it go in one ear, and out the other and walk out the door to do the same old thing but every time we gather together we allow the word to really take root in our hearts so that it will produce fruit in our lives we all know that we can be really good at slipping in church and slipping out of church and just doing it even as a habit as a, let me check that off my list I went to church I'm such a good girl we need to allow the teaching to transform our lives so let me ask you are you positioning yourself to grow under the teaching of the word together with other believers ask yourself that question and then the second thing it says that that they did together was fellowship fellowship and breaking of bread fellowship such an interesting word I think it's not a word that we use all the time for those of you who who work or maybe have your kids in school do you ever say with those people at work or at your kids school oh let's go out and have some fellowship probably not that word is most often used in church do you know why because that word means a uniting of hearts where the Holy Spirit is part of it I want us to look a little bit deeper at what this word really really means here it's talking about a partnership and a participation a contribution and distribution and a communion and community in the original writings it means all of these things in other words it means that there is an active giving and receiving unity is where we partner together and God is calling us as women to partner together as a sisterhood a sisterhood that stands with each other a sisterhood that cares for each other and is always there for each other never judging each other never putting each other down but there to support and encourage and cheer each other on it's a unity that's brought about by the Holy Spirit where there's an intimate bond with each other that word fellowship it literally is talking about a cementing of hearts cementing our hearts 
and lives to God and to each other as his body. So maybe you say, yeah, I've got the teaching part down. I'm good. I slip in and I slip out of church. I am there. I've got that teaching part down. But maybe the opening of your heart and life to other people is a little bit harder. Maybe for some of you, that's you. Or maybe there's others of you today and you're saying, oh no, I'm a social butterfly. Connecting with others is so easy for me. How far do you go? Could there be a deeper place of openness and connecting that God wants to take you to? We so often come into church, come into gatherings like this, wanting everyone to think everything is great. We've got our church smile on. We look our, we try to look our cutest. And, you know, we put on our, our clothes to come to church. And, and we're here and we just want everyone to think that everything is going great. We post on social media all the happy little posts so that everyone thinks we have the perfect little life. But we avoid getting close to people so they don't know what's really going on. How can we ever do our part of contributing to the body if we're not willing to open up our lives and share with others what God's done in our lives, what we've walked through, that he's brought us through and brought us out on the other side. He didn't bring you through that for you to hide it. He brought you through those things to share it, to bring glory and honor to him and to encourage your sisters in the body of Christ. How can we ever do our part of receiving if we're not willing to open up and be honest about what we're facing, what we're going through, and draw from each other's wisdom and experience. One reason I love Bridge Women Gatherings is because we don't just have time of teaching, but we have that time for our hearts to unite on that deeper level. And we recognize that that's hard for people. And so there's never any pressure to do that. Never, any, anyone will never be forced to talk or to open up and to share. But we create an atmosphere where you're welcome to do that or you're welcome to take baby steps towards that if you want to. And we encourage you to do that. God wants us to let our lives unite. It's his plan. Have you ever had an opinion about someone and later you got to know that person and found out that your opinion or that first impression wasn't really accurate? You know you have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I remember years ago at a church I attended, there was this gal and uh, she just had a very different personality than I did. And you know, there's just some people that you just immediately click with, and then there's other people that it's not quite an immediate thing, right? Okay, so um, I remember 
She was so bubbly and so friendly and and she just immediately like went right for the most personal questions without knowing you. And and I was like, "Oh, oh, hello. Nice to meet you." And so I'm just being totally honest cuz you know you've done the same thing. And so um it took me back a little bit and there was not that immediate click and but she just kept on every time i'd see her just being so bubbly and so friendly and just going right there with her questions and she wanted me to get together with her and go to lunch and coffee and everything and and i was a little taken back and i was like oh. finally there was the point there was just no saying no and so so <laughs> it worked. So we went to lunch and and there were all those questions again. And I was like, "Okay, slow down." <laughs> but you know what? As I opened my heart to her, I got to tell you, I discovered the most beautiful friend she came to be such a special friend in my life a friend who lives that way with her heart wide open just assuming that everyone else is going to be so wide open and she taught me to be more of that way she impacted my life greatly she discovered things within me that were very personal things things that i didn't share freely and she just poured out such love to me and she stood in agreement and faith with me for things that i was believing for unlike anyone ever had in my life and as i opened my heart to allow her in and then to give to her and to be able to be there for her god created a beautiful friendship that I could have so easily pushed away because she was a little different than me. She had a little different personality. We didn't have that instantaneous click. And ladies, we've got to be so aware. We're all so different. We all have different personalities. But there is such beauty in every single one and God wants us to open our hearts to each other to let each other in to be there for each other pouring our lives out for each other recognizing those times when we might be pushing away what God wants to bring into our lives sometimes it's busyness in life that causes us to push others away. Anybody have busy lives? Today's world, I think we all have really busy lives. I know for me, sometimes busyness is one of the greatest hindrances to connecting with others. But sometimes we can really allow that busyness to prevent us from uniting as God wants us to. I remember one time some girlfriends from church they were going out to dinner and they invited me to go and I had so much going on. I had so much to do, so much I needed to take care of. I said, "No, I really couldn't go." And they persisted and persisted and persisted. And so finally I said, "Okay, I'm going." And I can remember driving home that night. <laughs> 
with tears streaming down my face because I felt so strengthened. I just felt so refreshed. I remember thinking to myself, I feel like my soul has been watered. When we get together with other believers, God pours into our lives. He uses us to pour into their lives and he uses them to pour into our lives. I can remember just being so encouraged and strengthened and refreshed and I could have so easily, in fact, I tried to push that away. We can't allow things to come in the way. I am so thankful to God for the lessons that he teaches me all along the journey because I don't want to ever push away what he is wanting to do. Do you ever push away? opportunities to connect with other women in the body of Christ. Remember, when we unite, we're fulfilling his purposes and we'll receive his blessings. So, when we push away the opportunities to connect, we're pushing away God's purposes and his blessings in our lives. And we're declining the opportunity and calling to take our place in his body and it never affects just us it affects others around us so let me ask you are you pursuing fellowship with other believers not just those you've known for years and years not just you and your three or four but other new relationships that God's bringing across your path? Are you positioning yourself around your sisters and willingly opening your heart to unite with them? If connecting is hard for you, I want to encourage you to take baby steps. And you know what? Bridge Women is a great place to be able to do that because this is a safe place. This is a safe place where you can do that. I want to encourage you, make a decision to be here regularly. And I want to encourage you to gradually, baby step by baby step, push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I promise you that your world will expand and you will experience so much more of what God has for you. The enemy wants to keep you away. So recognize that. And when Monday night, Tuesday mornings roll around, you say, no way, devil. I am going, I am going to unite with sisters in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, and the third thing that they gathered for was prayer. They prayed together. Ladies, there is such power in praying together. The Word of God talks about the power of agreement. It talks about the power when two or more gather together. But I want to ask you, have you ever had a hard time praying with someone? Is it ever uncomfortable for you to pray out loud? You're all looking down or not looking around, but I know because I've heard you say, oh, I could never pray out loud. I want to tell you, there is power in that. And we need to recognize that the enemy 
wants to keep us from that. There's a vulnerability that comes when you open your heart and you pray out loud, you pray with others. It's true. But that's why a bond is formed too. That's why it brings about unity. We can't afford to listen to the enemy's lie because he'll lie and say, well, you're not praying right. Oh, you're not a very eloquent prayer. Oh, you can't pray. Oh, oh, don't let them hear you pray. You don't know how to do it right. He's such a liar. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. Stop listening to his lies, okay? We need to be aware that that is from the enemy. Prayer creates a spiritual bond between us, and it unites our hearts together. There is something supernatural that happens when we pray together, and God wants us praying together for each other because our hearts truly unite on a deeper level when we do. Now, I know that there may be some of you here this morning, and you're thinking, well, I really want to pray with my husband. I wish my husband would pray with me. Why won't my husband pray with me? I want that unity with him. Can I tell you, as Christian wives, we all have that desire. God put that within us for our husbands to be that spiritual leader in our homes. And that's from God. But can I also tell you that the Bible doesn't lay out the ABCs of how he has to walk out being the spiritual leader. But we, in our minds, get the ABCs. Well, you need to do this, 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 and this. We need to be careful of putting unrealistic expectations on them. For many husbands, they carry the weight of being spiritual leader very heavy, and their goal in that is to seek God to make godly decisions for the family. They want to make right decisions. But when it comes to all of these other things that we are expecting, we need to be careful that we're not putting unrealistic expectations on them. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that he has to be the one to start prayer with us. We can say, honey, I want to I pray about something. And maybe he's not comfortable. Maybe he's not there yet. Maybe he's not comfortable praying out loud. Can I tell you, that's okay. And that's between him and God. We can't be his Holy Spirit. We can't force him to do that. God doesn't want us to. If we try to jump in and do God's job, then we're preventing God from doing his job. Okay? But we can say, honey, you know, we've got this and that going on. I just, I really want to pray about that. Can, can we pray together? You don't have to pray, it's okay, but, but I just, I'm going to pray, and, and can we just agree together? I don't think he's going to say no. I encourage you to try it if that's the situation in your home. And just pray without any expectation upon him. But you know what's going to happen? It's going to soften his heart. And it's going to bring even greater unity between you, even when you're the one doing it, okay?
okay. But it's not just with our husbands. We need to be praying together as women that are standing side by side for each other, not just on our own. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. No, right then, someone shares something with you, say, let's pray. There's power when we stand in agreement together. We need each other, and we need to be praying for and with each other. And again, Bridge Women is a safe place to do that because before we leave each week, we have time where you can share prayer requests, and no one's ever asked to pray. But if you want to, if you want to give yourself that little push outside of your comfort zone, you are welcome to do that. I encourage you to push yourself outside your comfort zone because that's where freedom comes. That's where greater unity comes. That's where God's purposes come. I want to tell you, I know, I am living proof. I would never be where I am today if I hadn't repeatedly pushed myself beyond my comfort zone. Every time I do, I find greater freedom. Every time I do, I find greater unity with others. Every time I do, I find myself walking in more of God's purposes, more of his blessings, and greater fulfillment. God has so much more for us. We can't afford to be held back in these little comfort zones. Well, this is my comfort zone. I'm going to stay here. That's what the enemy wants. Are you going to let him win? Refuse to let him win. Even if it's baby steps, it's okay. But push yourself outside your comfort zone. And don't let the enemy keep you in bondage to fear any longer. The early church continued steadfastly in these three things. In teaching, in fellowship, and in prayer. Continuing steadfastly, that means with prolonged perseverance. To be constantly diligent and attentive in giving oneself to this lifestyle of gathering together for teaching, fellowship, and prayer. These are such simple things. Simple things that we all take for granted so often. Simple things that so often we don't recognize how powerful they are. But these three simple things will cause us to walk in greater unity with each other. And these three simple things will enable us to be the answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17, that we as his body will truly unite together. We can be the answer to his prayer. I want to be the answer to his prayer, don't you? I believe you do. I want to pray this morning. Father, God, right now we just open our hearts to you and God, I just ask that you would just give each of us just a greater, fuller revelation of the power in gathering together as your body, gathering for teaching of your word, gathering for fellowship where we truly open our hearts and lives to each other, gathering to pray for each other. God, I pray that you would help us each to just 
step outside our comfort zones, to take one step further in that uniting process. God, wherever we're at in this process, whichever one of these things might be things that we need to stretch ourselves and to grow in, God, I pray that you would help us to do that, that you would speak to us personally how to do that in our own individual lives, God. Father, we want to experience more of what you have for us. God, we don't want to settle for anything short of that. So, Father, help us to open our hearts and lives to experience greater unity in your body and thereby greater purpose and more blessings that come only from you, God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, God.